Hello and welcome to Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Reboot Season 1, Episode 5, Toothpick. The original air date for this episode is October 21st, 2016. Today for us, yesterday for you. It was directed by Bobby Roth who uh, has directed many, many things with mm. credits going back to the mid-70s. Yeah. But more recently, uh, he has done two episodes of the reboot Hawaii Five-0, two episodes of uh, Scorpion, or Scorpions, I don't know what that show's called, and five episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. Um, it was written by Nancy Q, who is our first female writer of this uh, iteration of the show. Yeah. Um, she wrote an episode of a show called Revenge. She wrote a couple episodes of Castle. And she was a researcher for 18 episodes of Grey's Anatomy, so I expected more medical stuff in this episode, but mm-hmm. didn't didn't have much. Yeah, yeah. It seems like uh, we we've had other medical, like the the uh, blood pump. Yeah, the blood was pump. a lot more medical. Yeah, from the episode where, since the name of the episode has nothing to do with the what the episode is about. Yeah, I have no idea what episode that was from. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you it was the the third episode, but I have no idea what it was called. I believe it was Metal Saw. No, Metal Saw was the second episode. Was the second episode? The third episode was between Metal Saw and All, Hang and on. it was called... Hang on. Uh, wait, third episode? Third episode. Sorry. That that was All, because 4 oh, was, was Wirecutters. 4 was Wirecutters. Okay, I thought Joe Dante's was All. Joe Dante's was Wirecutters. And today we have Toothpick. Yeah. Why don't we describe this episode in brief? Uh, this In this episode, we have a... Uh, what do you what do you, what, do you, what, do you, what situation is this? this? Isn't strangers on a train? But it's no, uh, this is a Air Force One. Yeah, maybe? Air Force One on a train. Yeah, uh, slow a team death. Of terrorists out to get a singular agent. Mm-hmm. Um, or or Russia with the, from Russia love. Yeah, murders on the Orient Express. Yeah, they're on a train. Um, they have to protect this girl uh, who's going to testify against an arms dealer, but he has sent a death squad after her. Right. Uh, she's supposed to meet up with somebody, but the person who she's supposed to meet up with has already been killed, and she's going. She's being sent to a trap. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, people are supposed to abduct her on the train, in addition to the trap that she's being sent into. Um, I guess just in case, like, and never be too safe. Yeah. Um, I think our our train episode in the first season was a little bit further along. I think it was like the nineteenth episode. Yeah, it was pretty deep. Um. But yeah, so this is our first train episode, and it, it sort of starts that way and ends with sort of like a bullet train situation, Yeah, which was the the film starring Sonny Chiba that was eventually adapted into Speed for American audiences. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, but it's a good one. I recommend people look up Bullet Train. Or Unstoppable, the Tony Scott film. Right, that's another good one. Yeah, I liked it. Loosely based on Speed. I don't think that's true. No. But we open in uh, in Lisbon, Portugal. Right. As opposed to uh, Lisbon, Wyoming. Right. There is no Lisbon, Wyoming. There is no. We don't know that. I know. Uh, MacGyver and Jack Dalton are on a stakeout. They are looking for Nikki Carpenter, and they had a lead that she is perhaps in the area of Lisbon, and they, I guess they figure out what apartment's hers. Yeah, they're waiting outside what would be her apartment. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're having a casual conversation about Mag's obsession and... Uh, he, he actually seems to have some kind of a new girlfriend, yes, yeah, Cindy. Cindy, who's who's texting him on during their stakeout. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why you put your phone on like uh, off when you're put on your a stakeout. Put your phone on uh, your counter as you're walking out of your American apartment when you mm-hmm. go on a stakeout overseas. Yeah, you, you shouldn't you shouldn't have your home phone with you. Yeah. You should yeah. have a field phone. Yeah. Uh, while they're while they're ca- while Jack is kind of teasing him about it, they see someone up in the window, a blonde. And they assume it must be Nikki. Right. And they run up there only to have it not be Nikki, but some random girl who has been left instructions by Nikki to deliver an envelope to MacGyver. Right. And inside is a key. It looks like it's actually made of silver. Yeah. Um, Because it's kind of... It doesn't look like it's smelt. Yeah, it looks like it's... But not dealt. No, I guess it was dealt here. It was dealt to MacGyver. Yeah. Uh, And, uh, but uh, he does not know what it goes to. Neither does the... The errand girl, who I'm assuming they arrested and questioned because she was the last person to see Nikki. Yeah. Um, like, but we, did, did she made any changes to her appearance? Where did you meet with her? Do you have any other way to Yeah, exactly. Her? What did she look like? Was her hair what short? What did she tell you to do if I didn't show up here to get this key? 
there, there's a lot of opportunities here to investigate. But instead, we move on to the, uh, the uh, actual story, where for some reason we get a, a shot of L.A. real quick. Yeah. And Riley and Bozer, uh, Bozer's getting dressed up to go to some kind of a event. Oh, we, we skipped the, uh, the paperclip. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! That's a good one. We we see uh, just very briefly in in the car while they're on the stakeout. This time it's not in uh, Patricia's office, but um, as MacGyver is like collecting his things, he accidentally dumps the folded out paperclip, which in this episode is a broken heart, mm-hmm. um, implying that for some reason he still cares about Nikki Carpenter, who's right. trying to kill everyone in America. Probably not a good move though, because uh, that may have been his only paperclip. That's true. He doesn't well, have the bowl. Here. He can fold it back into whatever he needs. That's how good he is. <laughs> Fully had a way to hold these two sheets of paper together. <laughs> <laughs> he's just got loose papers all over the place, but he's got a bunch of symbols. Why don't you just use these paper clips for their intended purpose? Wait, I can fold this one into a paper clip. That, that, that actually would it's be... It's already a paper clip. You don't have to do anything, Mac. That actually would be a really funny thing if, if only had a paper, pl- paper clip. Why, you could bend it into things? No, no, I just need to keep these documents together. <laughs> Or he just uses duct tape to hold paper together because he's an idiot. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, but the purpose of this scene is really only to show that uh, uh, Bozer got another set of numbers since since the uh, last adventure. I think it was only the first episode that they mentioned he's trying to get Riley's phone number. Yeah. And he only had one digit so far. Well, I think it was the second episode was, was where they started the whole game of him getting one number per episode. Oh, okay. Oh, the second episode? Uh, yeah, because the first episode is just where they get her out of jail, but the second episode starts with her meeting with the parole officer. And uh, That's right, and, that's right. And it's in the hallway at the at the parole office where he's getting the first digit. And now he has four digits of the, of the ten that he needs total. Mm-hmm. Which adds up uh, to the episodes. Like, right, yeah. Because if it's the second episode, all the way right. to the this fifth, is, he would this have. This is the fifth episode. He should have four numbers by now. Uh, and because the show got picked up for the back nine, yeah, we didn't uh, we didn't mention that. Yeah, yet. so we're getting a full twenty two episodes this season. He should be able to call her in almost any country. Yeah, yeah. By the end of the season, because well, she might have an extension. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Maybe he needs a, a season two pickup to officially get a hold of her. So like, at I, the end, I, she's like, "Yeah, I don't actually have a phone." I, I got the ten digit phone number. So you're saying you have a twelve digit extension? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> It was originally going to be a three-digit extension, but we got a back nine order. Yeah. That would have been really convenient if we didn't have a full season. <laughs> uh, back to Portugal, MacGyver and Jack are outside of Nikki's apartment, and uh, that's when Thornton calls in with their next mission to head to Berlin. Right. Uh, she's she's bringing up stuff on the monitor as if they can see it, but they can't. I think they can. I think... Yeah? There's like, There's one shot it's from behind the phone of macgyver's face but it looks like he's watching the stuff on his phone as okay. she's doing it but I, I thought that too at the beginning of the scene it looks like she's giving a whole powerpoint presentation to an empty room mm-hmm. for the sake of us instead of the people yeah, yeah. who would ordinarily be sitting in there with her um so they throw a lot of names and people at us the first is uh, eric wexler who is the villain Right. He is a uh see i think he's a weapon manufacturer who's selling weapons under the table. Yeah. And his assistant, Katarina Wagner, found out that he's selling weapons to who they just say America's enemies. Yeah. Which is is really vague. Yeah. Like maybe too vague. Yeah, I think it's a little too Except vague. Except for this show to start World War Three by calling out actual call, countries. Call, America's enemies. Oh yeah, no. They might as well go with like, you know, if they're going to recycle agents from Phoenix Foundation, they can recycle fake countries from the first season. Yeah, yeah. Be like, Cobblestan. Yeah, Kerplakistan. Yeah. Uh, so Katarina Wagner has evidence, and she wants to come forward with it. So she contacted Interpol, which I, I guess that would be the... It, okay. Yeah, what, so, the whistleblower sanctuary, who do you go to for this kind of Yeah, thing? because if if they're selling... Okay, so wait a minute. This is a German company selling weapons to America's enemies. How how does the Phoenix Foundation have any jurisdiction? Jurisdiction. Lots of companies sell weapons to America's enemies. Yeah. The, where do you think they're getting them? Yeah. <laughs> where do you think our enemies are getting the weapons? Yeah. Well, so, that's the thing that's crazy is that like Patricia pretends like she could just 
take a pair of handcuffs to any country she wants and just arrest people there. Yeah, it's... You have no authority here. You are not in your country. Yeah. Um, But uh, apparently, yeah, so this is an international issue. Unless they're selling, like, weapons-grade uranium. Yeah, something that has, like, a, you know, UN tariffs against it. Yeah, exactly. Um, So uh, Katerina contacted Interpol, and an agent got in touch with her and said that he was going to meet her in Frankfurt, Germany, to get on a train and not to talk to anyone until she got there. Right. But that agent was then immediately killed. And it's Abbott, right? They yeah. call him Agent Abbott. Yeah, Agent Abbott. Um, he's not anyone that we've seen before. Right. Um, but that agent was killed and most likely replaced so that when she arrives in Frankfurt, she'll be intercepted. Although If they, not, they, they sent a team. They sent a death to team. To extract her from, from the train. Or probably just to kill her on the train. Like, yeah. I mean, why waste time? Well, they waste a lot of time anyway. Yeah. Uh, so they head out to Berlin and they board. We just immediately get them on the train. Like Riley's already on the train, yeah. in fact. Uh, and they go they into. They use Patricia's portal gun. Yeah, gotcha. To instantly be on the same train as the person who was on a train, on a nonstop train before this episode started. I mean, because like the the flight from Lisbon to to Berlin, yeah, is relatively short. Yeah, that's then, probably why they didn't have them show back up in Patricia's office at the beginning of the episode. But then Patricia is also in Germany at the same time. Yes. So I'm pretty sure you're right that she is she's, she's some kind of jumper. She's a jumper. Uh, so they head into the train and they find her private train car, which is empty. And they find evidence that uh, in the in the drain of the, of the sink that she had cut her hair recently. Which, why, why? There's no way all that hair is going down a drain. Like... If she had a full like like show like 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 what, I don't even know what you call it like it's not it's longer than shoulder length hair. Well, they said it was six inches of hair that she yeah cut. she cut off of her head and then she she put it all down the drain on this train. Yeah, no way. Why wouldn't that go in the toilet? Why would that go in the sink drain? Yeah, exactly. Or you put it in a garbage bag and then you throw the garbage bag off the train. Yeah, um, but she's not, you know, a master of espionage. This is. But her, she like, knew enough to cut her hair and dye it a different color. That's pretty common sense. Okay. I do that on a regular basis. <laughs> I wanted to say, though, too, you look great as a redhead. Thank you. Um, so now they... I've encountered too many angry listeners. So <laughs> I have to go undercover. So with um, advanced, super advanced Photoshop software, Riley is able to put she a composite... She pushes the cut off six inches of hair button yeah. and the diet blonde button. It, it, it's, it's like the um, it's like a, like an app for like Bratz or Barbie that you yeah. find on the internet. Where you just change her outfits. Funny. Like, she does that whole thing, and then it also puts, like, a bunch of rouge on her face and gives, like, her yeah. long eyelashes. Bedazzles her shirt. <laughs> uh, this is what she should look like now. <laughs> Maybe it's slightly less annoying. She's looking like she's ready for a night on the town. <laughs> and then they find her looking exactly like that. <laughs> <laughs> Why did she bedazzle Riley Rules on her shirt? <laughs> Trying to blend in. Um, they also uh, get an indication. Oh well, they're all, they're able to track her down on the train because Riley has hacked into the wireless uh, internet on the train that's been provided for the riders. Right. And she's basically forcing everyone's laptops and phones to display their cameras. Yeah. Which is actually really scary. Like stuff. possible thing. Like possible stuff. I mean, that, that's how person of interest operates. Yeah. Um, Which, as we all know, is a nonfiction series. Yeah. On network television. Uh, but I mean, that's the whole thing with these, like, with these cell phones that they're always on and yeah. they're always recording and listening, whether you want it to or not. That's why. That's why you can say, "Hey Siri," and it listens to you because yeah. it's always listening. Yeah. It's the same as that problem that they were having with the Xbox when they. Uh, oh yeah. Started, yeah. Yeah. It watches you while you sleep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's that's some weird stuff. So MacGyver finds uh, Katerina rather easily and confronts her and has obviously a lot of trouble trying to convince her that they're here to protect her, also that the agent that, that she was going to meet is dead, and they also have no credentials or ID because... They no, they have credentials for a company she's never heard of. Yeah. But uh, she asked for their Phoenix Foundation ID anyway, even after admitting she's never heard of the Phoenix Foundation. Right. So you could just make up whatever kind of a badge you want and tell her that that's a real company, and she'll mm-hmm. just go wherever you say. Yep. But she's pretty distrustful of them. Right. Um, and then Riley says, 
hey, I thought you said this was a nonstop train, which is, turns out the segue didn't make any sense. Yeah. Because he says, yeah, it is nonstop. And she's like, well, six guys just got on from the roof. And yeah. It's like, it's, yeah, still a nonstop train. Still, still it didn't stop. Just because people got on doesn't mean it stopped. That, yeah. I, I thought that that joke did not work. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. Um, we also get an amazing scene at a train station where Patricia Thornton is looking for oh potential suspects. Yeah. And she, she sees a really shady evil guy who's just a humble dad waiting for his daughter. Yeah. Um, but then she sees another shady evil guy with a gun. Yeah. And so she pulls her gun on him to steal it. But then a random janitor had an Uzi and starts, like, opening fire into yeah. it. And, and it she takes looked, a hit. Yeah, it looks like he hit her. I don't know if he did. Yeah. Because she, she's not she, even, like, limping. She, or, she doesn't even have, like, bandages on it, for the rest of the episode. It's a graze. Yeah. Like, you can see you can see the opening in her, in her thing in the in blood. But then she just starts discharging her firearm into crowds. And probably the other guy's firearm. Yeah. Because she, she kills the one guy, and the other guy runs out into the street and she's just opening fire at this car as it's driving down the street. There are people out there. Yeah. And she's not in America. Yeah. You don't just discharge your firearm like that. That's so reckless. Yeah. In America, it's like, oh, someone's shooting again. Yeah, that's right. But in Germany, it's like, uh, yeah, you're not supposed to do that out here. People people respond more to gunshots here. Yeah. Uh, so the, uh, so the uh, next act starts off with... MacGyver and the team putting Katarina in her in a private one of the private suites that's not under her name. Right. And the uh, it, I don't really understand these guys are not trying to blend in at this point. Yeah. Um, they're just full full dressed in full combat gear and pounding on people's doors demanding that they open them and if they don't yeah. open them they're gonna shoot them open. Yeah. It's like no one finds this suspicious. Yeah. I mean, I mean. What's going on here? Why is no one questioning yeah, these people men? People would assume that this is a terrorist attack. Yeah. They wouldn't just be like, oh, six dudes with heavy firearms just got on the train and are just wandering around pounding on doors. Um, MacGyver grabs an electric razor from somebody's uh, room. And because uh, this is Europe and they operate on 240 volts rather than 120. Yeah. Well, I mean, 120 would still give you a jolt. But 240, I mean, that's twice as much jolt. Yeah. Um, he rigs up a little taser uh, for Katarina out of this razor, which I thought was kind of neat. Razor taser. And so uh, MacGyver and Jack uh, are going to head off and intercept these a couple of these guys. And so they just pretend like it they're... Seems, she's locked in a bathroom now, right? Yeah, she's like yeah. she's in the very, very back of the train. Yeah. And uh, MacGyver and Jack pretend to be drunk, like drunk, drunk bros. Yeah, uh, and they leave Riley sitting outside the bathroom as, like, the the last line of defense. Right. And she's like, so wait, what do I do if they come over here? And he's like, uh, yeah, I guess just call us. Yeah, because she says... Because she doesn't have any combat training. Exactly. I wanted him to be like, uh, I don't know, hack the guys. <laughs> just, <laughs> so like, just, just hack it. I forget why we brought you. You got a laptop, don't you? Yeah. Uh, so uh, MacGyver and Jack start working on taking these two guys out. But uh, MacGyver gets thrown into one of the rooms and isolated from Jack. Yeah. Uh, and while MacGyver's fighting with this guy, it's, 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 a, it's a really cool move. He grabs, like, an aerosol can of, like... I can't tell if it's, like, like Febreze or deodorant or whatever. It's a big yeah. can. But he just punctures it with the screwdriver and then just, like, Blasts aims it. right it. in the guy's face. But it, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything to him. him. Yeah. yeah, it's like... He, he doesn't seem to react much to it. Yeah. Uh, is this before or after the missed opportunity of the double punch? This is the this is the yeah this yeah. is before this is after the missed opportunity. Yeah, so because at first they're posing as two drunk guys wandering back, but then they get basically on opposite sides of two of the terrorists in the hallway, mm-hmm. and it seemed like they were gearing up for the odd triple, like both punch at the same time while they're yelling at each other. Yeah, but they don't do that. It's like a one punch, and then suddenly it just turns into a tussle, a fist fight. Yeah. yeah. I love that scene in Odd Triple. Yeah. It's, such, it's just such a testament to MacGyver and Jack's friendship. Yeah. It looks like they're about to punch each other and they both punch the guy over each other's shoulders. Like, how many times have they been in this situation where they knew that this was where they needed to go with this? Care to dance? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> uh, so, Riley sees a gentleman approaching her and he starts now pounding on the door to the bathroom where Katarina is. Yeah. 
So she is forced to take action when Mac and Jack don't answer her calls for help. Yeah, and then Riley's like, man, you must really have to take a dump. And then when the guy turns around, she smacks him in the face with her laptop. Yeah. She might have worded it differently. Yeah, I think you must really have to go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, while this guy is fighting back with her, Katarina manages to get to use the taser on him. Yeah, but it also, it kind of looks like she's using it as one of those tasers where you fire the pins into the person because it seems like she's too far away to be tasing him. I, I think I think it was a trick of the camera. I think yeah. I think she was close enough. They were just cheating it a little bit. Um, but then another guy comes who looks like he's already partially beat up. Yeah. So I don't know I'm if... I'm assuming he wandered away from Jack and Max fight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he does have a bunch of like bruises on his face. And, and so as he's approaching Riley, all of a sudden Jack just comes <laughs> yeah, running up. Yeah, he's just up. barreling down the aisle. He's like, hey, heads up! And the guy turns around and he just face yeah. face slams him. He just headbutts him right in the face at full speed. And, and then he has to take like a moment of disorientation. Yeah. Like, oh, He's like man. falling over after he did it. He's going to have some serious concussion issues years later. Yeah. He's going to have what they'll call NFL syndrome. Mm-hmm. Or professional wrestling syndrome. Uh, MacGyver is about to be shot by the guy he's fighting with still. But this is where the title comes into play, finally. We get oh, an episode yeah. where the title comes into play. He pulls out the toothpick from the uh, uh, army knife, which, you know, is obviously detachable. It's, right. like, the, it's yeah, like the yeah. only detachable item. Well, I, no, I guess there's pliers and pliers are... Also, the knife if you're strong enough. That's true. If you, pr- like, jab it into somebody it and off. twist. Uh, I don't recommend that. Bad for the hands. So he jams it into the... Uh, uh, Gun place. Yeah, I am. It, it's hard to say where where it is. It's it's definitely uh, through the barrel. It looks like. Yeah, it's like through the barrel, but on the slide. Somewhere that like, is stopping the hammer from coming down. Yeah, it, it, it stopped the gun. Well, yeah, it's it somehow stopped locked the slide into position, um, and uh, so while the guy is looking at the gun and, and trying to figure out what's wrong, MacGyver jumps up and grabs a rail and then just double kicks him right out the window. Yeah. I think it would have been funny if the guy was like, what's wrong? And he points the gun at his own face, and then MacGyver pulls, pulls the, the toothpick tooth. out. <laughs> he just shoots himself in the head and then goes out the window. It's like, all right, there we go. <laughs> there we go. MacGyver, did you shoot that guy? No, I shot himself. I shot him in the face with a toothpick. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so, uh, so now they're down to three guys. Yeah, three guys left. Um, who immediately leave. Uh, well, yeah, skipping like, ahead here. Well, um, the the, be- the this is another Thornton scene where oh right 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 she breaks into the boardroom of Wexler while he's having a meeting and just shoots their like eight thousand dollar television. Yeah, tells everyone to get out, um, and she's now threatening to take Wexler in, and he she's he's saying like, oh, what agency do you work for? Are you with Interpol, German police? So you probably have about ninety seconds since I just tripped my silent alarm. Yeah. Before the police arrived. But before she Not leaves, to mention the alarms that were tripped downstairs when you shot the lobby television. Yeah. You've just been shooting TVs all yeah, the way up here. She's, she's really not a fan of television. You even went into the break room. That That's just mean. That's not... Because those people aren't getting paid the same as I am. Um, but she grabs him by the, the suit jacket to kind of like threaten him. And at first I was like, well, this whole scene was stupid and pointless. Yeah, and while it was still that, yeah, but at least it had a little bit of it a purpose. Tried to undo a little bit of the pointlessness by yeah. revealing that she put a bug on the collar of his jacket. And so now, he takes off his jacket. Yeah, exactly. It's starting to get warm in the office, and that bug is useless. But see, here's the problem with this: Had Thornton not done this, the bad guys would still be searching the train because now that they know they're being tracked, they switch into civilian clothes. Yeah. Um. And I don't think that the bug ever comes into play. No, I don't think it does either. Unless she's been gathering evidence on him this whole time. In the whole, like, two hours? Yeah. Like, there's really not that much time. Well, if he made a call saying, make sure you kill the girl. It's like, aha, I got you on voice. Yeah. But I didn't... But they never show that part. Exactly. They never show it. And even if they did, it's not legal to record someone without their permission and present it as evidence. So, ah, foiled again. Yeah. But it's okay. They don't operate by the law. Yeah. Um, so now they're looking for guys in plain clothes who might be, uh, so they just start shooting train passengers left and right. One after the other. Willy nilly. (laughs) 
That's not true. No. Um, they but, stab them. But the guys who are definitely the bad guys definitely look like bad guys. Right. They're still wearing all black, and they're still, like, huge, muscular, sweaty guys who are, like, being very, like, turning their heads back and forth really quick looking at people. It's obvious who the, who, who, who the bad guys are. Two of these passengers, who I don't believe are bad guys, um, one of them is portrayed by Sidney Shea Barker, who is playing a German commuter, mm-hmm. and one of whom is played by Jonathan Randall Hunter, who is playing train passenger. Yeah, uh, they both have appearances in Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yeah, that was that was my weird random yeah. cast notes too. And uh, the German commuter from uh, the 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 female uh, passenger that ends up in Spider-Man: Homecoming plays yeah. a New York City commuter, mm-hmm. and so she must just really be good at sitting in like train sitting seats. in cars. And then uh, the other guy is a construction worker, apparently, in Spider-Man: Homecoming. So keep your eyes peeled. Yeah, keep for your that. eyes on those guys. Uh, also, we do get one quick moment of a woman named uh, Jessica Roth. The actress's name is Jessica Roth. She's just credited as woman. But she, at one point, says, excuse me, can I get by? Mm-hmm. And I have to assume that she is of some relation to Bobby Roth, who directed this episode. Mm-hmm. But she plays no further part in the episode besides saying, uh, excuse me, I have to get by. Yeah. And that's it. Uh, MacGyver and Katarina kind of have a moment together to talk about what's happening and her emotional state and she starts going on and on about how she had to do the right thing and come forward and all that stuff. And I immediately started to suspect her. Yeah. Like, wait a minute. I think we're looking at this whole thing the wrong way that she, she's the mastermind. She's the mastermind. And the guy that Patricia assaulted has no idea what's going on. Yeah. Um, I I really feel that that was the intention. Yeah. I really feel that this, they were trying to got rewritten because they were like, uh, should we have every female character be a villain on this show? Yeah. I, I can see where there would be a problem with that. So uh, MacGyver and Katarina kind of hide in like a utility closet as uh, one of the guards comes by. And then they have to pretend again when they're outside that they're like making out. Yeah. But, but instead of pretending, they just make out. Yeah, they just make out really for for an obscenely long amount of time. So much so that the guy comes back it's and like, realizes... still making out? Jeez. That's it. It's them. Save some for the rest of us. What? <laughs> Wait, which one of us did you want to kiss? <laughs> uh, and then a fight breaks out. Yeah, then a fight breaks out. MacGyver, uh, uh, what does he do? He fights. He fights him. <laughs> <laughs> and then credits. I, I lost my place. Oh, his belt. His belt. Oh, yeah, he whips him. <laughs> he, he First he whips off his belt in one glorious motion. Yeah. But then just starts whacking him with yeah. the belt buckle <laughs> yeah and then uh i mean obviously that's not going to stop the guy for very long right so he just whips him in the face then does he kind of abandon the girl no, no he, he he brings her with yeah he and grabs as a they're fork. running down the aisle he grabs a fork off of someone's plate who's like eating like i don't know some kind of a fruit tart yeah now, now stab it directly into that yeah. guy's eyeballs yeah but it seems like that the way the handle on the outside of the train works and the other like things that are protruding off the sides of the train that he could have used the same belt to tie the door shut, but instead he jams the fork in there to lock the the actual handle mechanism so that he can't turn the handle on the inside of the door. Exactly. But somehow he does it anyway. Yeah, like the the rattling of the train gets the the fork loose. But it slows the people pursuing them down enough that he's able to get into the next car. Yeah, so now they're in the luggage car. Yeah. And they're talking about building a sled from the luggage car door to slide off the train to safety. Yeah. But while MacGyver is looking at the door, Riley and Katarina have a clear view of everyone who's approaching them and do not warn MacGyver that yeah. a guy is about to sneak up on him. Yeah. Because it surprised me when it happened. Yeah. All of a sudden, MacGyver gets punched from the side. I was like, who the heck is that? Well, no, it's he wasn't on. He wasn't coming up behind him. That guy that, that hits him yeah. is someone who jumped off of the roof of the train and swung in the door they just oh, opened. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Then that makes that's, more that's sense. That's why they didn't warn him. Okay. Because they didn't see him coming either. Like, I was like, how did they not see him? Or yeah. how did they not tell but him? As, as soon as MacGyver gets the door open, this guy swings down from the roof into the car. Okay. I apologize. But then it's... he gets messed up for a while and then thrown off the train. Yeah. Uh, MacGyver says that there are torpedoes on the train. Right. Which I guess, it, it, they're just flares. They're yeah. just flares you launch up into the air. I mean, it's like any other flare well, gun. Well, it was like weird. It was like a bubble like, thing. Yeah. 
but, but uh, way, when you yeah. hit him with it, it exploded and it blew him off the train. So now yeah. there are two bodies lying along the tracks. Yeah, two corpses that MacGyver personally kicked off the train. Yeah. Uh, this no is, ticket. This is also like from Russia with Love. Like one of those bodies is Robert Shaw and the other one is... Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who wasn't in Russia with Love. Yeah, who wasn't in Russia with Love, but also does get thrown off a train. Yeah. Um, uh, so as they're kind of, they all meet up now, uh, Jack, Katarina, Riley, and MacGyver, they're all together. And all of a sudden they notice that the, the bad guys have abandoned the train. They, they, they airlift out. Yeah. The last three guys all get airlifted out, but they don't even pan up to show a helicopter. It's just like they're they're on a rope and they just get lifted up and you hear a helicopter. Yeah. And it's almost, it almost doesn't seem like they're even lifted up. It just seems like the camera pans down. (laughs) Yeah. It kind of looked like a fire in the sky moment. Like, oh no, the last three terrorists were just abducted by aliens. (laughs) Oh God! Fire in the sky. But it turns out they uh, they set the train to full throttle before they left. Yeah, and they also and killed the engineer. Yeah, killed the engineer. Uh, ah, take that dead man switch. Yeah. Uh, oh wait, that's exactly what it's for. Uh, There's the dead guy at the front. <laughs> but his foot's still on the pedal. Thank goodness. Uh, so uh, they get to the locomotive, and everything's been ripped out. The train's on full speed, and Jack's like. Can you hack it? And she's like, it's just a hole. They took the, all the mechanism out. There's just a hole there. And he's like, yeah, can you hack it? She's like, you can't hack a hole, Jack. Okay. He's like, all right, can you MacGyver it? Okay, Matt, can you fix the hole? Fix the hole? Uh, so they realize uh, they, there's kind of a funny banter where like it's like, okay, so we've spent 30 minutes since we left Frankfurt, and we're going X miles an hour. Like, and Jack's yeah. like, oh, wait a minute. You're telling me this is going to come down to one of those when a train leaves? Yeah. Are we taking our SATs, or are we trying to save some people here? Um, so MacGyver has a couple of plans. Plan A is too dangerous. So the next plan is to get everyone into the last car of the train. But it wouldn't have taken all of them to get everyone to the last car into the train. I yeah. feel like MacGyver should have been implementing plan A from here. Yeah, exactly. At the very least, the first half of plan A involving disconnecting the engine from yeah. the battery. Yeah, because that's... So that the train loses its power. Exactly. And at least begins to slow down. And, I mean, I don't know, like, I feel it, maybe it's more on older trains, but I think every car has a manual brake. Yeah. Like a physical brake. It's not, like, that. so that they can, because when these things are in train yards, you know, like, they need to be put in, locked into place. Yeah. So they don't roll away. Um, and it's not, they're not hooked up to pneumatics all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but... That doesn't enter into this story. And maybe I don't know modern trains enough. I know old trains. <laughs> uh, so uh, they get everyone to the last car, but now the decoupling mechanism also isn't working. Because as when they basically sabotaged the whole pneumatic system, then it's the same pneumatic line that runs the length of the train that powers the switches that open and close yeah, the, the couplers. connectors. Yeah, the couplers. So he he says, well, now we have a couple more options that we're going to mm-hmm. have to uh, engage. The, the first part of which is he's going to make what here, instead of calling it a thermite torch, which MacGyver yeah. has called it in the past, he calls it a thermal lance. Thermal lance. But it's the same concept from, uh, what was that episode? Uh, Last Field. Stand? Last Stand, yeah. Um, and then he did it somewhere else in the series, too. But... Um, but yeah, so he gets a, a tube, and he scrapes the magnesium from the armrests mm-hmm. of the train and mixes it with iron oxide, a.k.a. rust, from the outside of the train. Um, and he fills the tube with these elements so but that see, he can light them on fire and cause a thermite yeah. reaction. So we had a lot of issues with this. One, my biggest issue was he was holding it upside down. All that fuel would have been dumped out. Yeah. At least in in the uh, in last stand, and also some of it should have been coming out the other end. Yeah, like if you're holding it that way, the flame should be going out of the top, not out of the bottom. In last stand, MacGyver took a lot of steps to insulate himself from the from the heat. Yeah, he had like a tube in a tube. And yeah, it was ten feet long. This is like a foot and a half. Yeah, maybe. the the thermite is so incredibly hot. Yeah. Um. The tube that it's in would have melted long before these coupling devices holding yeah. the train e- e- cars together. Yeah, even with the direction of the blast, that it it and it would have been way too hot to hold with his yeah, bare hands. Yeah, and it was red hot, and he was just holding onto the bar. Yeah. Um, but it does 
in the, for the sake of the episode, it does cut about seventy five percent. Yeah, 80%. at least seventy eighty percent. Yeah. Um, but then they start using the tube that they just baked and brutalized from heat. Yeah. Um, that th- there's no way you could if you start trying to bend it with the the heat that it was yeah, just it under, just, it would just it would bend. shatter or bend. But also, like MacGyver says, oh man, it didn't cut all the way through. Well, what are we gonna do now? And he's like, yeah, I don't know what to do now. Now we're we kind of have a problem. And it's like, wait, can't you just do what you just did for the last twenty yeah. percent of it? Just go make another thermal. Like we still have rust, we still have pipes, right, right. We still have iron oxide. There's no reason he couldn't just do it again for that last ten percent. But instead. Uh, he and Jack muscle it. Have to, yeah. They get on the opposite side, so they get off of the the last car where all the passengers have been moved, and they get onto the part that's still attached to the speeding locomotive, where they have more leverage, so that they can pull the bar and right break the coupler apart, which they do. Now they made sure they made a special point of making sure they told every passenger, 132 passengers. Make sure you have your cell phone. Everyone, make sure you have your cell phone. I think it was honestly to get a head count instead of just counting the people. That's actually really smart. <laughs> but, it, I mean, couldn't they just count the people too? Like, no. what if somebody didn't have a cell phone? Like, what if someone had two cell phones? Oh, Sometimes that's true. people have more than one yeah. phone. Yeah. Or what if you had a, one with a dual SIM? Yeah. But either, either way, it, it seems like they literally told people to bring their cell phones to the back of the train just so that they could count them because. Because Riley needed something to do at the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, so, well, Mac and Jack are able to muscle. I'm going to, for the sake of the episode, say that the steel holding the train was just still really hot and malleable. Yeah. Even though it wasn't cut through enough. Because yeah. otherwise, no. No. Even even that much steel, you couldn't just yeah. pry with this magnesium pipe. Yeah. Uh, Mac fuel can't melt steel couplings. Nope. Uh, but they do. They they separate the train car, but now the car that's not moving is slowing way down under the, under its weight. And it's too late for them to jump across right. to the passenger car. So MacGyver says, well, I guess it's back to plan A. And then Jack says, wait, I thought you said plan, plan A, A could kill everybody on the train. And he said, well, yeah, well, there's now only two people on the train. So. Oh, great. And I like when they get back to the locomotive, Jack looks at them and goes, hey, you know, I've never been to Frankfurt before. <laughs> <laughs> He's always, like, got something to say, yeah. and they make fun of it at the end of the episode. Um, so MacGyver's plan is he talks about that that these are all electric – they're all electric trains. It's, right. it's, a, it's a diesel generator um, that powers the train. So MacGyver is going to basically flip it in reverse. Yeah. Um, By and, switching the, the positive and negative. Right. Um. Also, we already mentioned that had he just done this the first place, the train probably would have slowed down enough yeah, by and now. I would argue that he didn't even need to reverse the polarity way back then. He could mm-hmm. have just disconnected it, and then the train wouldn't have been gaining speed. Yeah. Um, um, or, I mean, I know that, that like, even even if he just, yeah, if he just disconnects it, the resistance running through that engine that's not turning from the wheels would have slowed it down. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not as quickly as reversing the polarity. Yeah, but I mean, because but 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 it's not just. But he a, had a lot further. Because just disconnect, just shutting off the engine, it, the train wouldn't coast. Yeah. There'd still be there'd be, be the resistance of the engine not turning. Yeah. That would slow the locomotive down. Yeah. Um. So, um. Also, I would have decoupled the other. Oh, no, I guess that wouldn't have been a bad idea. Here, here. Because my concern is that because he's now he's fighting the whole weight of the train. Yeah. Yeah. But, maybe they should have decoupled everything, but the but then if you do it too late, then yeah. As soon as you get the train stopped, the rest of it is just gonna yeah. hammer you into the train station. And that's my worry about the other car. Yeah. Like, is it still rolling? Where is it? Well, that's what I was gonna say. I thought it'd be really funny if, like, at the end, he's like, "Hey, we stopped the train," and they go to give each other a high five, and then the back of the train with all the passengers on it just fly, <laughs> flies through the scene and just crushes everything in the train station. Like they still had enough speed going because yeah. no one pulled the brakes on that car. Uh, so uh, MacGyver crawls under the train. He flips the train in reverse. Now, the wheels theoretically should be trying to turn the other way. Yeah. But the fact that the train is moving forward so fast, the energy, even on this, I mean, I'm sure it would have the ability to start turning those tr- wheels the other way. 
but the grinding motion of them going the opposite way with all that forward force would have just just completely dissolved those yeah, wheels. The wheels would have completely collapsed under the weight of the train with yeah. all this pressure, and then the train would have been derailed. Yeah, they, they, they would build up so much heat from rolling the wrong direction, um, and they either melt or they just flatten, like yeah. I said. Um, and MacGyver would be crushed. Yeah. But luckily, the... He also didn't have to stay underneath the train. Yeah, once, once he... Well, yeah, if, once he flipped the switch. Yeah, once he got them flipped, he, he could have tried to resurface, but... Yeah. But th- I think he needs to stay down there because once the train stops, it's going to start going in reverse unless you disconnect, disconnect it again. <laughs> That's true. I didn't think about that. Uh, so uh, the train comes to a stop just in time at the train station, and MacGyver and Jack climb out. Uh, Thornton is inside Wexler's car as he gets into it, looking like a corpse, like a zombie corpse that's about yeah, to leap up and bite him. Like- they they staged it so that she would lean up into the front seat and handcuff the guy. Yeah. But she's sitting in such an awkward way that like her head would have been hitting the ceiling, so they told her to bend her neck. Yeah, exactly. And, and she's like just shouted in such a weird way that she looks like either a zombie or yeah, like just a dead body in the yeah. back seat of the car. And it's like, what the hell is happening here? But then she leans forward and she's like, Hey, so remember you told me to bring handcuffs. Come, bring handcuffs. Well, I got handcuffs, and it's like. Okay, did you, still... you, did you make any progress in your case against me? Because as far as I know, no new evidence has turned up yeah. in between 30 minutes ago when you uh, broke into our offices and destroyed our property. And, and once again, you have no legal authority here. Yeah. Uh, but I guess Interpol does uh, because they were waiting to take Katerina into custody. Right. Protective custody. Right. Because apparently I was wrong. Her testimony is important. And yeah. She's not a villain. Uh, I was wrong about her being a villain. Yeah. Uh, I still think that they set it up for it as a red herring that it didn't play out. I yeah. don't know. Who knows? It, it seemed weird. Um, but MacGyver and Katarina have like a little bit of a moment and she kind of hints that, hey, maybe if you're in Germany, we could spend more time together. And MacGyver kind of like shyly plays it off. Like, yeah. you know, oh, He's like, you well, know. I try not to, or I'm really bad at making plans, but maybe I can plan to make plans yeah and it's like whenever you have like three girlfriends right now yeah just slow down yeah take it easy uh what would cindy and nikki think if they found out you were hitting on another person <laughs> who as far as you know you have nothing in common with yeah exactly other than you were both on this train <laughs> that's all you know yeah. about each other actually he has a whole dossier on her but, but, but um, she knows nothing about him uh macgyver and jack have a little bit of a moment to talk about relationships and uh uh then we cut back to la where yeah it wouldn't be a fifth act without an awkward uh riley bozer scene yeah where, where they're, they're just hitting rubber duckies in with a tennis racket yeah. into their neighbor's pool yeah i guess the game is you have to hit them into the hot tub oh, okay but you know so that's why there's some in the pool but mostly in the hot tub yeah so uh their neighbor i i get a situation like the Adams family neighbor where you sit in the golf balls. Yeah. Damn you, Adams. But the difference there is that it's really annoying if someone's hitting te- uh, golf balls into your house. Yeah. But if I came out of my swimming pool was full of rubber duckies, I'd be like, "This is awesome! Thank yeah. you for all these free rubber duckies." Yeah. Also, though, my filter's clogged. Yeah. Probably with rubber duckies. With rubber duckies. <laughs> but either way, it's just weird that they're doing that. Uh, and they never specifically say it's the neighbor's house, but we've covered that they don't have mm-hmm. a pool or a hot tub. Right. So this has to be a different property that they're hitting the ducks onto. And uh, Wilt uh, makes a bet with Riley. If he wins, he gets another number. He gets but, an extra digit. But if she, if he loses, he'll take her to dinner. Right. And she, she obviously sees through it. It's like, oh, hey. So it sounds like you win. It sounds like you win either way. And he should have said, I think you win either way. Like, Yeah. Oh, the- my God. That's yeah. so good. <laughs> You get closer to me calling you, or I get to take you out and buy you food for free. Like, how do yeah. you lose? Um, I don't know why he needs her number so bad if he talks to her all day, every yeah, day. Yeah, every day. Um, I guess it's just it's just a step. At the end, she's like, uh, if you notice that those letters just spell out you're an idiot because I have a court order that says I can't use phones. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm not allowed to use technology. Um, so we get a pointless scene at Nikki's apartment where MacGyver is attempting to use the key on filing cabinets. And things that nobody checked before. Like, what if that's... Like, it's crazy to think that she could have put that passport 
in a locked filing cabinet and yeah. they never would have found it because like, they never busted those open. They never busted, busted open any locked drawers. Like she in... went to all the trouble of like like installing a fake electric outlet yeah. so that she could cover up her tracks where she kept her... But if she'd have just put it in a locked drawer, no one would have ever yeah, no one ever looked like, at well, it. Well, I don't have the key for that. What do you want me to do? Can't just break it open. Yeah. At which point I really wanted like a fly to wander through the scene and just like slowly crawl into a keyhole somewhere on the wall like nobody noticed it <laughs> and then when MacGyver puts his key in it electrocutes him <laughs> <laughs> this is the opposite of what happened before <laughs> where do you think I got that outlet cover <laughs> why, why Why did you do this um, I can't believe he used the suicide key <laughs> <laughs> yeah Gentlemen, turn your keys. No. Uh, uh, it's like a nuclear missile joke. Yeah. Uh, uh, before MacGyver leaves, he luckily finds a spool of thread yeah. and makes himself a key necklace. He MacGyver's a necklace by taking string and tying it around his neck and through the key. Mm-hmm. And, and then he got struck by lightning. <laughs> yeah. And MacGyver discovered electricity. I invented electricity. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin is a devil. And that's it. Uh, that's the end of the episode. It, it's an okay episode. Yeah. Like, there, there's, some, there's some fun moments that happen in it. It's. I'm still enjoying the, the back and forth banter between Mac and Jack. Yeah, I think it's, it's... I wouldn't say it's a better relationship, but it's a fun relation. It's more fun than any other relationship in an action show that they've been forcing, like Rush Hour or The Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a much more engaging uh, friendship. Yeah. And uh, Lucas Dill is definitely getting more comfortable in the role. Yeah, for sure. Which is helping a lot. Um, I mean, uh, as far as just the story goes, trapped on a train, I mean, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's Under Siege 2 meets, uh, like, like I said, Murder on the Orient Express. Or, yeah. Um, it's not the most expired, inspired thing, but, you know, the original MacGyver did it. We talked about Slow Death. Yeah. Um, he didn't make a weird puppet doll thing out of a napkin but at one point i thought he was going to he noticed a little girl on the train yeah i thought he was going to get up and make a tiny toy for her they took all the food (laughs) and the water water. (laughs) uh good episode (laughs) took all the food (laughs) and the water why are you saying it like that i had a stroke (laughs) yes yes uh, but that's it for this episode. Yeah, this thing, that's it's not so bad. Um, What's next week? Well, I wanted to uh, send a special thanks to uh, Nick Sweeto and Andrea Seitz, who pointed out that we do have a title for next week's episode at the moment, which is Wrench. Um, we also will have a can opener at some point because there was a someone Instagrammed on set a shot that included like a shooting script for mm-hmm. the can opener episode. Hopefully it starts with that opening gambit I described at the Cannes Film Festival. Yeah. <laughs> but I guarantee you it won't. Um, but this was the first episode where the title actually was relevant to um, the actual episode. Which yeah, something happened. I think it? it's strange that they waited until now to involve the tool that the episode is named after. Like, they could have done something like in the in the all episode where they like performed a tracheotomy with an all. Because mm-hmm. it's for punching holes in leather, but they could have punched a hole in that guy's neck so yeah. they could breathe while he was like choking on his own spit or something. Or or what about wire cutters? Wire cutters have a million uses. Yeah. Except it was called wire cutter. Yeah. As we, we were... so you can only use one half of it. <laughs> and then uh, what was the first one? Metal saw. Metal yeah, saw. Yeah. I don't know what they would have done with that. But anyway, they used the actual title here. I also wanted to mention, uh, and this is another delayed reaction, but um, listener Casadinos pointed out. That uh, in, I believe it's actually season six, uh, the finale of season six, uh, Hindsight. Oh, Hindsight. Uh, which was a very shoddily done clip show um, that, I, I don't know if this is on the DVDs or somewhere online that he found this clip, but there was a, a scene beyond what we had mentioned um, that is not in the Netflix version uh, where it's basically a, a PSA where Richard Dean Anderson as himself, the actor, comes out to talk about... Um, glaucoma and the importance of like having it looked into if you're having mm-hmm. eyesight problems and he mentions a, a phone number to call if uh, if you're having problems 
uh, with your vision because it's something that should be taken care of as, as yeah. soon as you find out about it. Like, yeah, or it can it's very treatable if you if you detect it early. Yeah, um, and he also mentions the name of his co-star, which evidently we've been mispronouncing for upwards of 140 episodes. Yeah, because Richard Dean Anderson and I, I'll trust him to pronounce it correctly is calling Pete Dana Elkar. Whereas we've been calling him Dana, which D A N A is spelled Dana, and there are yeah. there are plenty of men named Dana. Yeah. But uh, evidently, uh, he preferred Dana Elkar, mm-hmm. or at least that's how Richard Dean Anderson called yeah. it. So moving forward, I think we'll try to call him Dana yeah. Elkar, but that's going to be a hard habit to break after 140 hours of talking about. Yeah. D- Dana is the boy's name, just like Edith. Yeah. Is the is the boy's name of Edith? Right. That's not a thing, is it? <laughs> Edith? Yeah. No, uh, bonus points if you get that obscure reference. I do not. So, <laughs> no points here. Um, you guys actually have a shot at this one. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it for this episode. If you guys have any thoughts you'd like to share with us on Toothpick, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast or our website, PhoenixFoundationPodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Tune in next week as we review... Reboot Season 1, Episode 6, Ranch, which Richard, I think, pointed out. It's not the tool we're familiar with coming on. Yeah. A, uh, maybe maybe on the larger Swiss Army knives than the non-standard size. Yeah. The, the one Even that then, it seems not super helpful to have, like, one size of wrench. Like, yeah, yeah. It would have yeah. to be, like, a monkey wrench, which is doubly... Or, I mean, uh, yeah, even... any Because wrenches, the whole purpose of a wrench is it comes in tons of different sizes. Yeah. Maybe if it's like an Allen wrench. But even they, Allen wrenches have different sizes. Maybe Allen, like the word Allen is copyrighted in some way that they couldn't call the episode Allen wrench, so they had to call it wrench. Wrench wrench? Yeah. Who knows? But uh, thank you for listening. Thanks. And uh, have a nice night or day. Good night. Good night to you, nighttime listeners. Good night.